So let's do a thought experiment. It's a Tuesday morning, and you come across some kind of miracle, okay? Think about, like, Joshua with, with, the, with, the, with the Israelites uh, crossing the Jordan, okay? The water stops, okay? It's totally, totally miraculous, right? It's preternatural. Now, you're probably not going to cross some sort of kind of river, so I don't know, like, imagine something else, you know? Something totally miraculous, right? Like, uh, like in Magigore, they talk about the sun dancing around, you know? Or, uh, or maybe a Eucharistic miracle where the species uh, reveals itself to be flesh and blood. Or, uh, or you know, uh, like, a, like a medical healing, you know, this happens. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen that. So you see something like this, okay? Now, how do you spend the rest of your day? Maybe you leave work, right? You tell your boss, I got to go. This is incredible. You know, you call your loved ones, maybe people you haven't spoken to for a long time. You spend the day just in awe, right? You go to bed happy, right? Just like, wow. Now think about Wednesday morning when you wake up. Maybe kind of groggy. You kind of forgot about what happened yesterday, right? You start thinking about what you have to do. And you're like thinking about all this stuff, you're in your routine, and all of a sudden you're like, you remember what happened yesterday? But now it's, but that, but it happened yesterday is the whole problem. Now like, here's the whole thing. How do you spend that Wednesday? What do you do? I mean, I mean it, it's better if you have work because you can go and do something. If you don't have work, what do you do on that Wednesday after seeing this overwhelming miracle where God shows that he's present? This is what... This is what Joshua says. God is going to show that the living God is in your midst. Now, what do you do the next day? Yeah, this is the whole problem. Because tell me, these Israelites, come on. They saw what God did in the past. It's not like this is the first time. So now they need to be convinced again. This is the whole problem. My friends, we can't put our hope in something huge, miraculous, thing happening that's going to come and convince us and change our life and take away all our problems. This is a little bit of like oftentimes, and and I'm saying, you know, maybe it's like you because it's like me, but it's a little bit of like a hidden hope. Yeah. If this thing happens, well, then everything's going to be okay. And lots of people say things like this, you know, they're against the church. They're against everything, but they say, well, if Jesus were here, if I saw the miracles, then I would be convinced. I'm not convinced by what I read in the Gospels. Well, read the Gospels, also nobody's convinced. (laughs) I mean, basically nobody. So the whole thing is that with Christianity, we can't live for something that happened yesterday. It's not enough that something happened yesterday. We need to have it here. It needs to be present, which is wonderful, the whole problem of, uh, of, of the forgiving people. How many, should, how many times should I forgive? Once again, this is Peter. How often should I forgive somebody? Because forgiveness is a problem that never, that never ends, as we know. Where there are relationships, there will be drama in a good way, tension in a good way, and need for forgiveness. You know, you have people who say, you know, don't have friends because friends will always betray you. Well, half of that is true. <laughs> Friends will always betray you. People will always betray. That's not a reason to not have friends. Did I ever tell you I was doing a wedding? I was in Port St. Lucie. 
And the wedding planner came to me and told the wedding planner, this is like her job. Oh, I don't like people. <laughs> oh, no, they, they always betray. Cats. Cats never betray. I'm like, well, I don't think that's true either. <laughs> we, have to make some, we have to make some distinctions, but, you know, cats are terrible. Anyway, I said, you're a wedding planner. You know, this whole thing of, like, trying to give up on the drama. The drama of forgiveness is always... And so the parable of Christ has to do with what? Be in front of the forgiveness that you have received. This is the whole thing. Forgiveness is not a problem of uh, a strength of will. It's not a problem of willpower or discipline or making a decision to forgive. It's not a problem of that. You cannot give what you have not received. And if you have not been forgiven, you cannot forgive. It's clear like this. This is why everything comes from God in this way. This is why the parable always pushes you. Who has forgiven you? How have you been forgiven? And the moment we forget that we are people who are sinners who have been forgiven, then there's no way we can look at anybody else with mercy. And so Christ is pushing us to acknowledge him in the present, always in the present, to face our need and to face the way that he has responded to that need. And it's only by constantly putting ourselves in front of his response to us can we be capable of then looking at others in a similar way. So my friends, once again, with Christianity, as we know, we don't have to make up anything. We look at what has happened in our lives and allow ourselves to be bowled over by not our capacity and what we can do, but what God has done, what he does, and what, based upon that, we know he will continue to to do. This is what keeps our eyes open and keeps us full of wonder because he truly is present here with us.